from the new recording lair located deep beneath the Wine and Spirit Store in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. This show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please, no wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Masonic Light Podcast, episode 135. 135. Thirty-five. Wow. One hundred and thirty-five. We're going to have a great show. We know that because we've already recorded our guest, <laughs> and we thought the interview was pretty good. So it seems to work well that way, actually. I don't know. <laughs> Although I think you know he probably would have been good for the he opening and closing, good. but we didn't know that. We didn't know that he yet. was an unknown, right? But turns out he's a cool guy. We'll be talking to uh, Brother Austin Schifrin who is an author of a new book called More Light. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. And um, But before that, we're going to go around, do our usual deal. Jack, what have you been up to for the good of Freemasonry? In general. In general. Or this, or this podcast in particular. In particular. <laughs> well, last night was our stated meeting. We don't usually have back-to-back stated meeting and then a recording night. But uh, we had a table lodge. And we, if you ask 10 worshipful masters how to conduct a table lodge, you'll get 11 different answers. So we uh, got together and figured out the worshipful master, uh, Matt Engel, uh, did a great job. He he reached out. He he did what a good master should do. He reached out to people that he knew. Can you help me? Um, I'm trying to get this thing organized. And he reached out to good people, and they got together behind him and... We um, we did it thusly. We had dinner at six because we figured we can't really put off dinner till seven when the meeting should start because there's going to be people coming at six and they're going to be mad. So we had dinner and then the an announcement was made that there was going to be a brief business meeting upstairs. We went upstairs, did the meeting, closed the meeting, came back downstairs and set up and opened up a um, – and entered Apprentice Mason's Lodge in the basement. And it was it was fantastic. It was a packed house. Great, Great. time. Great. I love table Boys lodges. did good, yeah. Well, that makes two of you, yes. Well. You're not a fan? No. You don't do them well, then. No, I was a fan when we did one. And then a couple of worshipful grandmasters ago, when it was mandated, you had to have them. Oh, it yeah. stopped, And they were every year. Right. Yeah. Right. Like everything else that's mandated. Yeah. Like, they could mandate me to go to a strip club, and I would probably hate strip clubs. But, oh, my gosh. You know. <laughs> Let's test that theory. Let's test that theory. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. When it, when it became mandatory, it, it lost its charm. Uh, and we haven't done one for four, I don't know, four, five, four years or so. Um, but, but they did it good. And I, I just, uh, again, I say it every month, every, every session we do here. I'm so proud of the officers in my lodge. They're doing great. Larry, have you done anything? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, 
updated meeting last week hall association or hall yeah hall association meeting last week how long was your meeting yeah what time did you get home oh about 11 o'clock <laughs> i <laughs> left lodge at 10 30. <laughs> yeah wow. it was a it was a long night mm -hmm. because our hall association meets right after the stated meeting well the stated meeting was long yeah. and in the hall association we had a lot to attend to Got out of, I walked out of the lodge actually at 20 of, 10, of, of 11. Well, I heard the meeting, the first meeting, didn't end until like 10.30. No, no, no. Okay. The whole thing okay. didn't end until 10.30. Okay. Uh, also, Tall Cedars board meeting went well. Great, a great success. Yeah, great. So, it was busy. Have you, uh, you guys been eating at breakfast? Are you back meeting again? Uh, yeah, there's about eight of us that are pretty much naturally going there. And it actually... I find it's a really good group. Should I, probably I, quit talking about it then. That way, people, other people don't. Show yeah, up. we. Yeah, when we were up to thirty and thirty-five coming, then it was out of hand. Yes, it was. Um, Tall Cedars. Um, I went to that executive board meeting. I've been practicing for the feast of the Paschal Lamb. Uh, in fact, I'll be practicing tomorrow night. Uh, that's our big. Uh, and luckily, because of that. Um, somehow I'm getting out of having any parts in the fall reunion this year just because of the part they wanted to put me in. They can't put me in because I'm going to be on stage immediately before it in a tuxedo. So, so, uh, so for once it actually worked out <laughs> instead of like last, last, um, last fall, I had to be in, I think three or four degrees, the first one in the morning and the last one in the afternoon. And it was, it was a long day. Brother Josh. Uh, I, again, have done nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, your, your initiation into the past masterhood needs to end. So. Harumph. Harumph. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah I, uh, well, I ended up being at work really late and then had no desire to rush to get to the meeting. So, yeah, it yeah. was a long day. Yeah. You are on the program for April, though, right? Larry, the microphone's right there. I am what? Aren't you on the program for April? For what? <laughs> You're the speaker. Better, You're the speaker. Better, yeah. Something. Shh. Presenting something. I don't know. I'm not presenting anything. Uh -oh. I think you're talking about the podcast or something. <laughs> All right. Now, everybody relax. It's Tim's turn. He's going to pull out his uh, his binder. Oh, we, see it on the, we see it on the screen. Jim. You know, actually, it's, it's not that bad. Uh, but I do want to acknowledge that. Um, it's color-coded. I went to the Lancaster bowling event, um, and is it Logic Perfection that sponsored that? Or Correct, Lancaster Logic Perfection. Yeah, La Lancaster Logic Perfection actually sponsored it. The Scottish Rite Club from the Valley of Harrisburg, and it was the one that sent out the invites to all of us. The Masonic Light Podcast was actually a show sp or a sponsor of the event, I think. Um, you were going to... But anyway, we'll talk okay. about it later. So yeah, we were a sponsor. We intended to sponsor the event. Yeah. So we're congratulations sending, us. Yeah. So we're sending them some money. Uh, but that was a that was really a fun event over in Mount Joy, which was literally about a mile and a half from Larry's house. Yeah. And he forgot about it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> hey, what's the difference between the blue lines and the green lines? Um, it's got my curiosity. I don't know, man. <laughs> what's well, the difference between yeah, the, the green ones? Are like. President's Day, Veterans Day. Yeah. They're things that. Uh, oh, and now there's dark green. Oh, yes. oh. 
Wow. Dark green, dark blue. There you go. Blue, blue. it looks like tens. Well, I don't know. There's no All right, Timmy, our audience can't see your calendar. They don't <laughs> care. Get back to Bowling. Back on track here. It's Larry's fault. It I distracted got me. I'm sorry. <clears throat> so uh, the bowling event was a lot of fun. I think I heard they raised like in excess of $7,000 for the Children's Dyslexia Center, which was absolutely <clears throat> amazing. It was a great turnout. So, yeah, so from I, I'm a very inactive member of, the, of that Lodge Perfection. Um, but from what I understand, they started out, you know, the f- first year renting like four lanes for a couple hours. Then the next year they expanded like the six lanes, eight lanes. This year they rented the whole, the whole bowling See, alley. That's the way to do. That's the way to build an, inv- an yes. event. Yes. Right. You Everybody know, wants to try and hit small. a home run. <clears throat> yeah. That's, yeah. there's, there's a lesson in that. Yeah. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. And there were people literally from all over the place there, which was great mm-hmm. because um, the, the, the Lancaster Lodge of Perfection raised, had a successful fundraiser. You had a lot of cross-pollination from yeah, other places. Um, you know, I know that's the Valley of Harrisburg turned out in big numbers. And I know it's hard to not step on each other's toes right. when these groups to cover multiple counties. But the same day, Zumbo Shrine. Yes. They had their uh, mini golf event inside the, uh, the, the, the Shrine Temple. And I believed raised over $4,000. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys out there making things happen yes, and getting some is. things done. I th- we spend way too much time talking about grumpy things. And yeah, but let's. There's a lot of good going <clears throat> on in this fraternity yep. right now. Absolutely. We're, yep. Absolutely. We, we forgot we were at Grotto. Well, you that's what I was about to mention. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that uh, on the 27th of February, we were all at Grotto, um, yeah. and it was a wonderful speaker. It's one of the few times that um, we've had a, a female speaker, um, and it was – you want to mention the topic? Um, yeah, so there was a um, – I had to leave early, but I was familiar with the topic. Um, here in Ephrata, if you watch Band of Brothers, uh, it was based on Major Dick Winters. And he grew up here in the Ephrata area. And the Ephrata people, uh, the, the colonists of Ephrata. The colonists of Ephrata. Um, <laughs> they, they built a statue in his honor, and I guess she talked about that. Yeah, it was, and it was very informative. It was nice. And everybody was well-behaved, and a good time was had by all. So that's yeah, all mention of Becky Gallagher. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Owner of the Historic, historic Smith Smithed Inn. A sponsor of the Masonic Light podcast. So... Um, I think that's uh, that covered the end of February, and then uh, Pete and I were at an event. No, Pete didn't come to Harrisburg. Yeah, you were there. I was there for the Grand Masters right. Town Hall. That's right, for the Town Hall. That we had a Town Hall and um, also an open house for prospective Masons, and you'll hear in the interview a reference to that. Yeah, I wasn't there for the. The morning session. Yeah, there were about half as many people for the morning as there was for the afternoon. Um, and the event happened. No, I, I will say, um, you know, the Grandmaster, I can only imagine what what kind of feedback he must have heard through the years of him going up the line. And maybe, you know, when he's done being right worshipful, he'll come on and talk to us about it one day. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that depends on the next few seconds. Right. But no, like, <laughs> that depends on how I edit the interview. Right. No, the long and short of it is he and um, some of his, 
I don't want the title, not executives, managers. Yeah. But they went into depth about the finances of the Grand Lodge. He has made it a point to make it very transparent. And they have really trimmed the fat that can be trimmed. And and they are making good money in their investments. Right. Um, I guess he must have gotten some negative feedback from some of the more rural parts of the state. Yeah. About the twenty dollar dues increase. Right. But. Well, and I think the thing of that folks need to understand is here in Pennsylvania, the Grand Lodge portion of dues last year was twenty eight dollars and fifty cents, and if you look back into the nineteen sixties, even. It was like $15 or something like that. So it really had not kept up with the times. And as you said, I think that what happened was they got some negative feedback from somewhere. It certainly didn't come from the experiences that I had had, but it was clear that they, they felt there were some negative comments out there about that. And let's just be transparent. And I think this is part of what they're trying to tee up. And, there's going to be another one before not too long. And, and there's, they're, they're trying to put us put put the global organization, or at least the Pennsylvania global organization, on, on a on a firm financial footing. Right. And, and okay, as a as a business person, I respect that. Absolutely. Um, I think there's value here. I think there's value here, so I'm willing to pay for it. And and one of the things you mentioned is we. Never talk about, like, the tangible benefits of being a Mason. Mm -hmm. But one of the things, if you're a master Mason in good standing for five years, you're entitled to go to one of the Masonic villages. And if you cannot afford to stay there, you will stay there. Right. So, yeah, and I think he said maybe if you have a, a, a house in Maui and another one in Vail and you've got seven Cadillacs, you're going to be accepted, you, you, but you might have you to might pay. You might have to pay a little bit, yeah. But if... You know, you're just living on Social Security. Yeah. You're going to live better than – way better than going to your county home. Yeah, right. but, uh, you know, he's doing – he's doing – I think they are – because it's, it's, a, it's a group of people that are administrating this right. – administering the, the organization. And I think there were changes that needed to be made. And, and you know, there were – I've heard stories about, you know, shenanigans going back years and – uh, I'm, I'm personally glad to know that somebody's paying attention to the you know speedometer needle and bringing us back into this into the speed limit. That's correct. And the last thing I just want to mention is the stated meeting of Eureka West Shore Lodge number three hundred and two, uh, where we had kilt night, which was uh, it, it's something. I mean, I don't own a quilt. I don't play along. A quilt quilt night. The <laughs> were, the, were the Mennonites there? Kilt night. <laughs> kilt night. Sorry. We should have all shown up. In every quilts. while, every while on the ones <laughs> my tang gets tumbled, you know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the uh, of the you know the official voice of the opening of the Masonic Light podcast was our guest speaker, Brother Brian Hill. So you're saying we are being more progressive as an organization. We are having a cross dressing night. Yes, that was our cross dressing oh, yeah. night. So uh, no, actually, it was very informative. Um, <laughs> it was a very informative uh, talk that Brian brought us and. You know, we had several brethren, almost a dozen, that uh, wore kilts. And, you know, it's it's like you try to be all things to all people. And uh, I'm, I'm curious. I have to ask this. Okay. As, as someone whose lodge has put on a kilt night thing, uh -huh. why do it in the dead of winter? Well, that's interesting. Because there's breezes and stuff going on. Yeah, I know. But, you know, you I, get I'm, 
wherever three or more are gathered, the temperature is 85. Well, so. that's true. Um, and but, did the men, because I, I picture my good friend and friend of AMD, Jerome, mm-hmm. a large man. Yes. Uh, there a, were a, couple- a man of stature. Yeah. Um, I just don't see him sitting politely with his knees touching like a, like a well, female if, news anchor. If you go, I see him if airing you, his bits. If you go on the Facebook page of Eureka West Shore Lodge number 302, oh, no, you will see pictures of uh, the attraction. folks who dressed up. And um, there are some, uh, uh, what, what did you call them? Sharon Stone moments. What did you call them? <laughs> Um, Airing your bits? No, oh. uh, just some rather large guys that yeah, participated. Men, men. men of men of men of stature, men of volume, men of volume. <laughs> uh, but it was a lot of fun. So um, before we take a break, Wait, I have one more thing okay, that, that yes. I did um, in, the, in the past couple of weeks. Um, I was uh, invited to speak at um, a Christiana Lodge. Chris Gibson, past master, past master, past master, past master, past master, is now master. And he invited me to speak uh, to do my Holy Saints John thing. And then he told me, oh, yeah, we're also doing a first degree. Oh. Could you do it? What? You're going you're gonna to have a business meeting, a whole first degree, and then you want me to speak? Really? <laughs> you got to do something. Yeah, it'll be great. It'll be great. They're really excited to have you in and I I did a thing I cut it way way down but um, but good for him because that's one of the grandmaster's um, motions for the year is he's allowing um, some degree work to be done at a stated meeting right. and um, it's it's not right for every lodge it's not right for you know some degrees <laughs> I think but uh, but I think it's good for people to see the ritual work and at least to see how hard their officers work. And it's nice for a candidate when they open their eyes to see a room full of people. Exactly. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting uh, because the year I was about oh. to become master, I actually had that as one of my programs. Mm-hmm. And I, my thinking was there are guys who haven't seen a degree conferred for 50 years, years yeah. 40 or 50 years since they got it. We were going to do an interapprentice degree. And that was when the edict came down that the new grandmaster at the time was nixing degree work on a stated meeting night. Mm. So obviously we had to change it. But Let anyway, me tell Larry you. Is like February. February, right? Yeah, February. We did that at Millersville 476. We had a long stated meeting, and then we had a degree after that. There are 58 people in our lodge. It's awesome. When the degree was announced that they were going to do it, 40 of them left. Oh, no. Yes. Yes. No. Oh, that's embarrassing. 40 of that's them bad. left. That's not good. Yeah, they yeah. did. No, no one left. It didn't work. No one left this meeting. But um, anyway, so I, I think the key to it in, in pulling it off was that the, the stated meeting part of the meeting was super brief, yeah. just like you, you have 12 to. minutes you have in and out, that's pay the important. bills, done. You have to. And frankly, that's what every stated meeting should be. Right. You, you go through the business of the lodge, get all that nonsense done, and then relax and, and have fun and, and have a Well, basically, being a new lodge, there's a lot of business we have to take care of. Yeah. We didn't get, we didn't get out of there. We didn't get started on the degree aspect until 930. Mm-hmm. What degree was it? Oh gosh, you know, I think it, it was a second. It was Pellcraft. Larry, Larry. I mean, I know, and we have a we have a a new master, but let me just say that's um, 
I don't know whether I'm quoting Dolly Parton, but that's 10 pounds of crap in a five-pound bag. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a tough one. <laughs> you just Why we even did it, I have no idea. Yeah, it's just poor planning. So before we take a break, um, we need to pause for a moment and thank those who keep this show going, our patrons on Patreon, um, and we we greatly appreciate your support. Um, we we have been able to do this craziness for what is it, Larry? Now six it's years. Six, they said six. Seven, six years, seven years, no whatever it is. Anymore. It just and it's because of your help, several. we get to have our management retreat retreat in Tahiti this in Tahiti year. Hot dog. <laughs> no, we're actually. Um, That's the super excellent sponsor. Yeah. Yeah, we're actually going to be spending some of the money for once. Right. We're actually going to be adding a camera soon. We mm-hmm. don't know when. Or if it will work. Or yeah. we keep talking about it. Yeah. But we are actually going to try and spend some of the money instead of just hoarding it. And and for as little as one dollar a month, one dollar. You also, oh, I was, as a I was special member, I was as a special hand. member, if you want to buy that camera for us or contribute, <laughs> it's like PBS. So if this that could, camera costs three hundred and fifty-seven dollars. This could be like the Joe, check. the Joe Johnson construction camera That's in the right. Masonic Light. Yeah. We'll even put. We'll even put a tape Get naming on there. rights for the camera. Yeah, That's naming right. rights naming for, the right camera. for the camera. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so if you're you out go. there and you'd like to, to sponsor this, let us know. But literally, for as little as a dollar a month, you can keep the fine content on this show. Um, Jack is playing with my stem. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Jack, yeah, Tim, you, wa- you wobbling your microphone has been making all the noise the whole yeah, show. Yeah, I'm wobbling like the microphone? Yes. It, yeah, it, so, it, goes, it makes this noise. Okay. And if yes. you have a really good stereo, you heard it at home. Okay. So we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with no wobbles and our guest, Brother Austin Schifrin. Why choose George J. Grove and Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove and Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. For planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com. We're back. Uh, tonight's guest is Austin Schifrin. Uh, he is a uh, an, an author uh, and a good Freemason from western parts of Pennsylvania. So, Austin, uh, welcome to the Masonic Light Podcast. Hello, and thank you for having me. You're quite welcome. Uh, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your Masonic journey, how you got to where you are today? I, I absolutely can, and it's it's. It's actually fun that you ask about that because it, it also does make its way into the book. Um, 
and you know it's it's funny how I always thought that my story was so unique, but it's it's been so interesting over the course of this time talking to more and more brethren and finding out that they have life experiences like this. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in uh, high school, I was already experiencing some curiosity about the Freemasons, and I happened to know uh, that my grandfather had been a member, um, and I approached him to discuss it. And he said, well, you know, you're about to go off to college. Freemasonry is, at its heart, a fraternity. So why don't you, you know, go, go away and have your school experience and see what fraternities are like. And if this is something that interests you, then maybe you should come back to me and we should discuss it some more. So at least he wasn't, you know, totally tight-lipped on the subject. We know, we know there are some fellows who have male relatives in their family and they never hear anything. Mm-hmm. But I think in the 60 years since he had been uh, on a, a college campus when we were having that conversation. Um, <laughs> the concept the, of the, the what American a Greek, a Greek letter fraternity system may have had changed a bit in the interim, <laughs> right? Well, there was that so, movie. <laughs> uh, I, I came to Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh in, in 1993, and uh, I spent some very enjoyable time uh, with some fellows in some fraternities, but... You know, uh, having come away from that, you know, viewing it as kind of a rowdy and ribald experience, I was like, ah, I don't know that this is something that I necessarily yeah. am interested in pursuing further. And and I just never discussed it more with my grandfather. See, I was the but exact I opposite. Always- I loved it. And then when I got into the Masons, I'm like, where's the keg? I've <laughs> <laughs> disappointed for 30 right years. Right on. So I always had this lingering curiosity in the back of my mind, though, that maybe the comparison, the, the perfect comparison hadn't really been made there, you know? And uh, you, you fast forward to, I don't know, I want to say it's around 2005 or so, um, and I was living in the south side of Pittsburgh, uh, and I uh, got to know a lot of the small business owners, like, up and down the main drag in the south side of Pittsburgh. Uh, in the course of working, uh, uh, selling advertising space for a newspaper. Um, so I was, I was particularly friendly with this fellow who owned a delicatessen in the south side of Pittsburgh by the name of Eric Cohen. And this neighborhood is kind of known for its nightlife, so there's flyers for events all over the place. So in the window of his deli, there were always these flyers for rock shows and stuff. But one time I'm walking past there, and there's a flyer in the window that says, come out and join us for this social, this, this social event. And we're going to watch the Pro Bowl football game, and we're going to eat hoagies, and we're going to shoot pool, and it's sponsored by, and then I look at the logos underneath, and there's like six different Masonic bodies. And I was like, I have never seen such a flyer as this. So I, I walked into the deli, and I, I had known this guy, Eric, for a couple of years now, and I, I said to him, what's the story with this flyer in your window? And he says, oh, I'm so glad you asked. He said, I'm a member of the Freemasons, and I've been doing this for five years now, and it's something that I really enjoy. Uh, so I'm helping you know, put on this, this social event. And I told him this story about you know, the situation with my grandfather and how I still had this lingering suspicion there was more to it than I was aware of. And he said, well, why don't you come out, meet the guys, and if, uh, if you enjoy the event and you enjoy their company and you think it's something you want to pursue further, you know, maybe you and I should talk about it some more. And yada 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 uh you know i go out to this event and i'm thinking i on my way there i didn't know what to expect i was like is this gonna be like the simpsons episode of the stonecutters is it gonna be a bunch of guys in a smoky back room 
running the world. Yeah, you know, and uh, and I get there, and it was a bunch of nice, normal guys. But it was, in fact, what what surprised me more beyond that is the the mix of people. So it was like there were attorneys and there were professors and there were guys who fixed utility lines. And it was like, you know, just this big mix of people. And I was like, oh, this is a nice bunch of guys. I'd like to be involved in something like this. Uh, And that was the beginning. That was the beginning of the story. I wasn't sure that the Pro Bowl would be a good... um a good lead, <laughs> but uh, apparently that was a score back in '93 or 2003. So, so you uh, you you came into the fraternity. You've been in since then. Um, yes. How, how? Tell us a little bit about your journey since then. Wait what what year well, did you what year did you join Austin? Sorry. So I joined up in '06. Okay. Um, and <laughs> you know. Blessing and a curse, but Eric was the kind of guy who loved exploring everything. Uh, you know, so uh, he was Blue Lodge, he was York Rite, he was Scottish Rite, he was Shrine, and a handful of other things that folks don't even talk about all that much. And so I joined up in June of, of 06, right? Um which happened to mean that we also took the summer break in between my first degree and my second. I had a little bit longer to work on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, all that, all that jazzy memorization, right? Uh, but I wrapped up my second and my third f- finished up in October of '06, and he said, "Oh, what terrific timing this is! In November, we're doing an induction in the Scottish Rite. You ought to, you ought to come check that out." Cha-ching. <laughs> um, so. <clears throat> I'm going to see now, this is why it's a good thing that I wrote a book. I actually now have all of this in writing. And uh, if left to my own devices, I would scramble up the order of things in my memory. But I, I had the great good fortune to travel with this fella, Eric, for years and years, in the course of which I joined, you know, all this wide variety of different appendant bodies and got to explore kind of the two angles of things that I like the most about masonry, right? Because I'm very into the spiritual, the intellectual, the philosophical, but also there is just the fun and fellowship. And you get those two different things in very different flavors in each of these places. So I, you know, I joined up with Scottish Rite. Uh, I also then wound up in chapter and council. Uh, I wound up in the shrine. Um, we helped charter our own AMD council. Um, wound up in the tall cedars. Um, and, you know, a handful of other, you know, interesting experiences along the way. Um, and, uh, you know, some of my great excitement here then was, uh, not this most recent, uh, Supreme Council out in uh, Ohio, but the one prior to that in Milwaukee, uh, I was tapped to receive the 33rd, which was, uh, both an exciting and a really humbling experience. Congratulations. Um, so it's been a heck of a trip, man. Yeah. So tell us about this book that we're talking about. Or do we want to take a quick break? And, and no, we'll, we'll jump into it a little milk, bit. Milk the cow. We, we all read a few, of the, uh, a few of the snippets. The excerpts. Excerpts. Yeah, since the publisher was oh, too cheap to send us, you know, preview <laughs> copies. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, Here, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if I, would, uh, if I would be spoiling all the fun if I sent you the, the full manuscript of the book. See, there you um, go. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. It. Right? Where's the fun in that? 
but also there's also there's the fact that they haven't they, I haven't got the physical copies yet. Yeah, it's so actually I didn't, not have, I didn't have a nice galley to send you. I know, but it's still fun to poke at. I so know, gi- so <laughs> give us a give us a little synopsis about what your what angle your book takes on the topic of Freemasonry. Sure, absolutely. So I came at this from uh, two kind of separate angles, right? Um, there's a component to the book that is a collection of articles that I had produced for the Scottish Rite magazine uh, that is published out our way. Uh, particularly on this, I want to give a shout out to PJ Roop. Uh, he's the editor of our magazine. Uh, in addition to his uh, positions within um, Grand Lodge and uh, and on Supreme Council, uh, he does a terrific job editing this magazine. And they were kind enough to ask me to stay on and continue writing for them after I did my stint as the sovereign prince of uh, princes of Jerusalem over here. Um, so a lot of my articles are kind of about the the principles and tenets of Freemasonry, right? Like what are the what are the guiding values that we're supposed to be adhering to, uh, and how do we couch them in a little bit more context? Because it's one thing to hear people uh, reciting a bunch of dialogue, you know, the, the the same way you've always heard it. But the question is, can we put it in some kind of context, and can we connect it to other concepts that are familiar from our daily lives? So that's something that I tried to do in these essays. The second component of the book is a presentation that I did to the Squirrel Hill Historical Society uh, about the history of Freemasonry like on a global level and then focusing a little bit more on a Pittsburgh and Southwest PA level. Uh, but I did it through a lens of uh, the, the course of my uh, uh, Masonic career in joining these different bodies. So I gave a little bit of you know, my life history and said, in this year I had this encounter and it brought me to join this body, uh, this this division. And then I would zoom out and say, the the history of that division is, you know, it it had its it had its nascence and its origins in this country uh, in this year uh, when these people met and had this, you know, ha- had this uh, epiphany. Um, and then I, I zoom back and forth between the levels of, you know, my joining uh, a branch of of the group and what its origins are. So what was one, what was one of your I guess greatest learnings as you were going through the process of writing the book? Because you, as you as you said, you you've kind of written this on a couple of different levels, both from personal your own personal experiences to a broader here, here's here's the organizational look. What's what's one of your learnings? You know, it. The, I think one of the, the the greatest learnings that I've had, and uh, it's <laughs> is about the quote-unquote secret of Freemasonry. Um, if, if we accept a, a premise that the, 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 the quote-unquote secret of Freemasonry is how much common ground we truly have, and that even beyond the boundaries of membership, like all humankind should be treating each other as brothers, then that would be a secret that we wouldn't want to keep to ourselves. You know, So this idea that the secret is something that we want to spread farther rather than, quote-unquote, keep secret. Uh, to, like, to me, that's one of the greatest learnings out of, out of the process. The, um, the one excerpt I, I read, you got into it a little bit about, um, I think one of the topics was, you know, a, a Freemason should be a gentleman. But then you started digging a little I st- deeper. And I'll stand by that. And you, and, and you started digging a little deeper as to... What does that mean now versus what does being a gentleman mean 
when that was put into print. Could you uh, make more sense of it to me than I just did? (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. Um, uh, You know, I think that there was an era when the notion of being a gentleman carried with it uh, some of the, the artifact and the relic of a caste system, right? The idea that there's a, a nobility uh, and then there's people, you know, in varying tiers, like, quote unquote, beneath that, right? So uh, a gentleman might be possessed of some refinement. And the question is, is that even accessible uh, to other people? And I think the context in which we tend to use it more today is, does this person uh, possess self-control? Do they understand how to conduct themselves in a way that promotes harmony with others? That's gentlemanly, you know? Um, and it's an, but it's an evolution because the, the concept has evolved alongside the fact that the language has evolved. Language is, is a living thing and it keeps evolving. Um, so, you know, we're so, we're, uh, we're so uh, fond of the notion that uh, Freemasonry is all about symbols. All of language is, is symbols, too. And I think what gentle, what being a gentleman stands for has, has surely changed quite a bit in 400 years. Somebody in, in one of our lodge meetings a, a month or two ago said um, he got up and he, he gave a short talk <clears throat> and he spoke about pride and honor. And, and, and it, it's ironic that those are two things that are essentially taboo now in modern society. That if, if you have pride over anything, then, you know, you're somehow a bad person for that. And, and that there's no such thing as honor anymore in society. And, and people have just thrown it away. And, and that's one of the things we do to, is try to correct that. You know, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up. I'm, I'm not sure whether I can touch on honor as much. But what you just said about pride is, is kind of a fascinating subject for me right now because... Here I am in the process of trying to publish this book. And I, this is, I am now a first-time author. First off, it was extremely exciting to hear myself referred to as an author in the first place. <laughs> this is a new experience. You're welcome. Um, but thank you. But, you know, pr- prior to this, I, I, I did have an experience uh, many moons ago singing with a band, right? And I, I draw this comparison sometimes because you've got this product – this thing that you're creating that's extremely personal. And the only way that you can put it out into the world is if you've got at least some level of conviction that anybody wants to hear it. Right? So we are... The the value of modesty is taught in Lodge for very good reasons. But the question is, how do... you know How can I, how can I balance uh, <clears throat> an appropriate modesty with an appropriate confidence, right? And say, yes... I have something of value to say. I have something of value to share, and I want to offer it to people, right? Um, but really, that's something that, that the Blue Lodge experience is supposed to teach every member. Mm-hmm. Because once you're a full member, once, you, once you're a Master Mason, you have now earned yourself the right to stand up in, in any gathering. By the exercise you know, provided of you these follow the protocol for, for standing up, yeah. right? You, you're, and offer your uh, opinion your two cents on whatever's being discussed. So it's like, it's supposed to imbue you with this confidence to say, I am equal with my peers. And if I, if I have something to contribute, I deserve to be heard. Um, So trying to strike that balance between the confidence, uh, the conviction and the modesty, uh, man, middle pillar, right? 
trying to find a balance always important. Mm-hmm. Outside of one of our AMD councils, when was the last time in a Blue Lodge that someone actually stood up and presented a topic for discussion or someone actually stood up and engaged in a conversation <laughs> rather than, you know, never a conversation. Debate, debating over green beans or yeah i mean absent absent the minutes and the the business of the lodge there's never an opportunity for just conversation in the lodge for any sort of edifying discussion at all yeah i mean i think that's something in the ritual miss from the core and heart of it yeah it's the bone and marrow yeah yeah i mean i know i mean you know personally i see um a fine line. We'll use Facebook or social media as an example. You know, the the person that'll make a post that says, "You know, I pulled over and I helped. I I helped a stranded motorist today." Okay, well, if you're making that post, that's about you. You know, you you want people to recognize you for being a good person. But then, on the other hand, when I'm volunteering for an organization or I'm trying to help raise money for something. I personally don't want to take credit for things, but sometimes I'm learning that's at the detriment of the organization Mm -hmm. because sometimes I need to be more proud of these things I'm doing. Yeah. Because, but it's not for me. That's okay. To give, but you know, I'd but I don't know. I just, I mean, a perfect example of that was the conversation we had in our last episode with you, with the work you do with the rescue. Well, you forced it out of me because exactly. you're such a good interview. We literally <laughs> <laughs> beat him over the head till he responded. That's true. You can go back and listen to that episode. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to have uh, continue our interview with Brother uh, Austin Schiffer. As far back as the mid-1800s, records exist describing the pre-meaning tradition of brethren smoking cigars during and after gatherings. To this day, the practice of smoking cigars remains very much alive in many lodges. This custom is considered a time for brethren to relax, exchange ideas, and enjoy the simplicity and fellowship that is the very essence of our brotherhood. This is what Hireman Solomon Cigars is all about. Our starting principles are to bring Masonic brethren together in the harmony of a good cigar. Pull up a chair, sit back, Light up any of our premium cigars and enjoy the history. Hireman Solomon Cigars can be found at fine cigar retailers. For a complete list, visit HiremanSolomonCigars.com or check them out on social media to find out when they'll be at a live event near you. Hireman Solomon Cigars is pleased to be the official cigar of the Masonic Light Podcast. And we're back with uh, the world famous author. <laughs> you are too kind. You Austin, are really Austin Schifrin. Thank you for being with us. If, if my head swells up any more than this, I won't be able to walk out of my own home. Hey, office. come on. There's a there's a point of pride here. You you should be proud. It's an accomplishment. Was was the meme that was going around last year about the the admiral that was talking at some graduation ceremony about making your bed? And he said. <laughs> If you don't do anything else in the day, get up out of make your bed, because it's important to have accomplished something. <laughs> <laughs> do it early in the day. 
So, so congratulations, <laughs> you've accomplished something, and it's a, it's a big thing. So, tell us. Um, I, I'm curious about the format of the book. The, you know, hardcover, softcover, eight, you know, how sure. many pages, all that kind of stuff. Because I I like I like sure. thin so, books with wide margins. And lots, lots of pictures. Lots of pictures. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we all Ooh, went to college. So I kind of skimped on the visuals on this one. Uh, but I, th- I think you'll be able to digest it. The book is 128 pages. Um, the, the first two-thirds of it consists of those uh, essays that were, uh, that were uh, originally written for Right Now, the Scottish Right magazine. Um, so they, they come in uh, nice, short, digestible chunks, these essays. Um, and then, uh, so the whole, the whole thing comes to a sum total of 128 pages. Uh, when it comes out, it will be available in paperback. In hardcover and as an ebook, um, people will be able to get the book uh, through Amazon. They'll be able to get it in the Apple iBook Store. They'll be able to get it on their Nook, on their Kobo. Uh, people will be able to pick it up uh, at Amazon, at Barnes and Noble, at Baker and Taylor. Um, so yeah, broadly available. Cool, um, Tim. What else you got? Oh, I thought you had another one. No, no, no. I no. I, that was my that was my curiosity. I no. I I like it. It reads. It's not quite a primer. Um, it it's it's deeper than that, and it gets off into side bodies that are, you know, interesting on a different level to different people. So it for I mean, what little the little chunk that I read, um, uh, uh, Claudy comes to mind a little bit. Um, just you know the the old Tyler talks. Um, you know, just where you pick a subject and you just go, you know, dig the subject, go dig, it, dig up, it up, yeah. and turn over the soil. And Thank you. Th- you know, that's that's a that's a real nice comparison, which I appreciate. And it's it was when I was writing it for the Scottish Rite magazine. One of the things that kept crossing my mind is that the original layer of distribution, right, is going to fellows who are already members. They're Scottish Rite, they're Blue Lodge. It means that they've already got some background and some experience. Right. Um, so. It's certainly not, uh, you know, lecturing about fundamentals to people who are unfamiliar with it, right? Um, but like I like I was saying earlier on, kind of in the interview, one of the things that I did want to do is place the concepts into a context. So yes, it's something that you've heard about before within the four walls of masonry. How does that tie into the rest of your life? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then in addition, one of the things that was really very salient to me. Um, so when when my friend Eric brought me into Blue Lodge. Uh, and I should point out that I, I miss him badly. Uh, as of last week, he's, he's gone four years. Um, we lost him to colon cancer. Uh, and I miss him all the time. And when, you know, my, his, his presence is missed in all of these different bodies uh, that he was my entree to. Um, but when he brought me in, one of the, he knew I was a, uh, a voracious reader. So one of the ways that he lured me in was by giving me publications. And he said, if this, you know, like this might, this might stimulate your intellect. Um, so I was thinking about this and I said, I have to remember that once it goes into print, it's not exclusive to the initiates, right? Now it's, it's something for the general public. So mm-hmm. I wanted this to be something that would be, that could be considered uh, useful, valuable, and interesting, not only to the, to the brethren, but also to the general public. So you you said you're a voracious reader, and it, it, it reminded me I was at a um, doing a presentation at a lodge recently, and one of the guys come came up after the meeting, and he said, "How 
how do you know, how do you know this? Like, is there a book? <laughs> and, and I thought, yeah, there's a, there's a million books and there's podcasts and there's, you know, all, magazines and all kinds of stuff. You just, you just have to read it. You know, it's, it's all out there. It's been, it's been out there. I mean, some of it's obsolete now, but um, there's so much out now, uh, especially after COVID. I mean, there, people were publishing stuff, new podcasts and, and that kind of stuff. So I mean, what, what you're doing is, is an important, deeper look. And, and I think it's important what I, what this is coming around to is I think it's important that anybody who's a Mason read, just read anything, read the toothpaste tube. I don't care. <laughs> just, just read it because that's how you, that's how you take things into yourself. You know, if all you get is off the phone or the, the screen, it, it, it's just, it's somebody else's information. And when you read, you, you turn it into your own information. It's, it's very funny that we have this adage that what Freemasonry does is make good men better. Because what that phrase does, the only, the only negative aspect of that phrase is it makes it sound like it's potentially a very passive experience for, for the man, right? Mm -hmm. Someone is going to wave this magic wand at mm -hmm. me and I will mm -hmm. go from good to better. And what Freemasonry does do is the Freemasonry is like a buffet of stimulating nourishment for the intellect. But just because it puts it in front of you doesn't mean it's going to spoon feed it to right, you. Right. You got to show up to that buffet. You got to load up your plate, man. Yeah. What does that look like though? What, what, you know, that's a, that's a euphemism for doing something, but what, what is it? What is the thing that they need to be doing? For me, there's a couple of options. But what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, my thought on it is that you... Uh, I, I think it should not look the same for every person. That's one thing. This is one thing I've given a lot of thought to, right. especially in the past couple of years. Um, Freemasonry does encourage uh, harmony. And in some ways, it, it, it uh, tries to create that harmony by uniformity. But there's a certain level of conformity that can't be achieved while still valuing the individual, right? So if one guy in the lodge uh, is really buzzed about history, he should go out and read up on history. But if another guy in the lodge is really excited by esoterica, he should go out and read up on the esoterica. And not every guy in your lodge needs to be an expert on the same stuff, but everybody should be out there trying to edify themselves. It's interesting that you mentioned that. Uh, we did a series of episodes, uh, what, a year and a half, two years ago? I, I lose track of years now. They kept coming back <laughs> up talking about the five aspects of Freemasonry, and it dealt yeah, with exactly what you just said. Right, and that's what we, we kind of made it up on the fly. We yeah. tried to narrow it down to, you know, what were you looking for in Freemasonry when you joined. And, you know, there's some men that joined looking for that fraternal friendship. Some people were looking for, they enjoy the history that they read about it and, and the great men that were part of this fraternity and how we're, our buildings are everywhere and all these kind of, and some people were into the esotericism. Um, some people like being on stage and doing degrees and doing memorization. Mm -hmm. And I, what was number five? Yep. Well, the fellowship. Uh, philanthropy. 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 Fellowship and, ph and philanthropy. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. 
And um, yeah, we provide all. But I and I've been trying to tell people in some of my other little talks on different topics that you got to be careful, especially in like some of these smaller lodges where if a man joins and your lodge is not providing the thing he's looking for or at least doesn't recognize it and kind of helps show it to him or where he can find it, you're going to lose that guy. And, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's my, my 50 cents. I'm sitting here watching Larry yes, with his building blocks. <coughs> <laughs> I'm predicting. I don't know. I don't know if it should be. Go ahead, Austin. Ignore Larry. I, I just can't think of whether it should be more reassuring to, to me that I came up with the same idea that you guys already had, or if it be, should be more reassuring to you that your guests stumbled across the same idea. No, it's it, it, it's it's a pattern that repeats. We just we yeah. both we've both recognized the pattern separately mm -hmm. right um, on man yeah right on. It, it 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 is there it's a it's definitely a thing um and and but i don't think lodges understand that i don't even think grand lodge understands that i i think they think that it's a machine and uh well and people think they understand and you know this is where i lose my dues card but you know i saw the grand masters talk <laughs> this past weekend mm -hmm. and you know one of the first things he said was Men do not come to lodge to hear the bills and the minutes. And then five minutes later, we talked about the bills for 90 minutes as we talked about the finances of Grand Lodge. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. I'm at a loss. Just an observation. Huh? Somebody's got to love the business part of it. So, yeah. you know, yeah. let that guy be the master. Yeah, you know, that's. This is an interesting irony, right? Because if we say, look, uh, the fraternity has to be ready to offer a wide variety of experiences for men who are interested in different things, then perhaps uh, the upper echelon of Freemasonry is uh, best designed for people who want to get there uh, and fellows who want to be boots on the ground uh, and making the individual uh, uh, Blue Lodges a warm and welcoming experience. You know, we can, we can stay, you know, uh, uh, deployed in the field making those Blue Lodge is a warm and welcoming experience. That's, that's okay, too. I encountered a prospect um, about a month or so ago uh, after actually uh, Right Worshipful Deputy Grandmaster Larry Durr's installation. A couple of us went over to uh, have a cigar. And after several minutes, the guy taps me on the shoulder and long story short, he's like, are you all Masons? Yes. Well, I've been interested. Oh, tell me about your interest. Um, you know, an hour later, uh, we're telling him about the Cigar Lodge coming up and the Grand Masters meeting down in uh, Harrisburg. And, you know, it's like, show up to those things because you will get to meet a lot of different brethren from a lot of different lodges. Wow, yeah, and it is important that you find a connection. This guy was not connected in a community where he knew any Masons. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, you know, it, depending on if you just randomly walk up to a lodge and think, oh, I like those guys over at the cigar shop, so this is what it is, you may find yourself, you know, when, you're, when your eyes open that you are in a room full of, 94 year olds um, yeah. who aren't doing anything 
And then in that case, you've, you've made a bad choice. On the other hand, there unless, are plenty of lodges. Unless, unless yeah. Unless, unless you you're a 94-year-old who is looking to not do anything. That's right. right? That's and right. then you're like, ah, I found my people. I found <laughs> my people. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Inertia. But uh, anyway, this gentleman, um, had by, by the end of those two events, had connected to a lodge. They were well into scheduling opportunities to get to know him well enough to find him some recommenders. And I mentioned to one of the brethren from that lodge, I said, when he gets ready to get his first degree, let me know. I want to show up just because nice. of that encounter. Nice. Yeah. And that's how it should but be. But that's it. you gotta find, you got to find what's right for you. And I think you have to be... Yeah, you also have to ra- have your radar up. I mean, if we're talking about you know looking for people who might be good masons, yeah. it used to be that we just didn't talk about it, didn't reflect it anywhere. But and then we started talking about it, but we're not really doing much about it. And we're we're really at a point where you have to really identify solid people and and, and offer them an opportunity. And I think that's what the Grand Master was trying to say. Too many people hear that as, oh, we just need to open the floodgates. Austin, have you been to any of his uh, meetings, Uh, the the new Grand Master? Have you heard his his message for that? Are we talking around you? I I did come into the the quarterly, the open installation, uh, where he was presenting his programs, which, first off, that was that was dope. I love going to a grand lodge. <laughs> um, well, let me get this and, off the uh, table. So you know, it's like <laughs> I thought. I thought his presentation of his agenda was impassioned. Um, I thought that the fellowship was terrific. I even thought the magic show was pretty cool, man. That was, that was just a good time. That was a, a good time was had by all. That's great, Larry. You've got a question. <clears throat> well, I well I did. <clears throat> But everybody shot me down. Um, what a, I'm no, sorry, man, my I've voice is wrecked tonight. Question. I've been waiting for the Larry question. <laughs> I was really interested when you talked about a traveling man. And it, when I read the article, it brought me back to when I was about eight, nine years old. Most of my uncles were Freemasons. And they would get together in my grandmother's house and they would talk a foreign language. That's what my grandmother yeah. said. She said they're speaking in, yeah. in tongues. And they would get together, and we had a newly made uh, uncle who was, became a master mason. And one of my uncles yeah. said, are you a traveling man? And he said, yes, I intend to travel to the East. Well, no one knew what they were talking about. And I said, well, how old's your grandmother? Well, she's 665 years old. Well, where does she live? <laughs> oh, in Dover, Delaware. Oh, no one knew. And I was brought up in that kind of an atmosphere, and it just brought back memories when you talked about traveling in Freemasonry. I thought it was excellent. Tell and me how you came it's to that. So funny because, it's so funny because you're simultaneously speaking in English, you know? Like, it's English. Yeah. But it's like, but still, no one's going to, no one, no one but the, uh, the cognoscenti are going to understand. But one time, I'm walking through a Target parking lot, right? And there's a guy. Who stopped in? I guess what would equivalently be like the, the you know the 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 lo- you know the loading zone, right? He's he's like right in front of the building rather than being in a parking spot, and he's like he's hauling some stuff in, and he's just got it shoved into the back of the van, and I see him drop the hatch, and there's a, uh, you know a, a square and compass on it, and I was like, hey brother, and he looks up and he's just so startled, and he's trying to think of where he knows me from, 
And I said, no, 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 I just I saw the square and compass on your car. And he's like, oh, which lodge are you from? And it's just that instantaneous recognition. Um, it gives me the little tinglys on the back of my neck right now, and I'm just talking to you on the radio. Like, how, <laughs> how crazy is it? Um, it's, just, it's just wild. So Larry could give you some advice, and it would probably be get your book published quickly. Because in <laughs> ah. his experience, he, he had one of his books stolen. Now, 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 now. Qualify that. Allegedly. 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 Kind of like our five things. Apparently, Larry and Dan Brown had exactly the same idea at the same time. <laughs> but Dan Brown made $50 bazillion, and Larry made... Larry just had 50 bazillion copies wait. of his book printed. <laughs> didn't you know? Wait, didn't you know? There's actually someone who has published a book that's about how they had Dan Brown's book idea and yeah, Dan Brown and, and in sure. England and so they sued him and they, they lost. This is more meta. Yeah. This is getting even more meta because now Larry's going to have to put out a book. Yeah, about, about how the guy about the guy the who book, put out the book about Dan Brown stealing his book. So, uh, you know what they say, you put a million a you put a million gorillas in front Brown of typewriters, right? Yeah. Oh, and Pete can <laughs> confirm it cuz Pete was reviewing it along the way. Yeah, ba- right. basically they both um Turned Born in Blood into uh, into a novel. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what? It, that's Bajent and Lee, right? The yeah. It, it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Um, no, it was the. Uh, Not Night yeah, and Lomas. Yeah. No, it was Bajent and Lee. You got it. Yeah. You got it right. Yeah, they sued Dan Brown in, in the court in England, and they lost. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Well, Austin, uh, we really appreciate you being with us here tonight. Just before we go, can you um, remind our listeners again when you think the book will be published? And remind us the title. And remind us the title and where they should be able to find it. Right. So the title of the book is uh, More Light, Collected Masonic Writings 2017 to 2021. Uh, It's going to be available uh, online at Amazon, but also at Apple iBooks. And then uh, in brick and mortar, you'll be able to find it in Barnes and Noble, um, as well as Baker and Taylor. Um, another good way, though, to keep apprised of when it's actually going to hit the market is if you uh, if you look for me on the Facebook. Uh, my first name is Austin, spelled just like the capital of Texas, and the last name is S H I F R I N. Austin Schifrin, you look for oh, oh somebody got it right on the whiteboard. I, I got it right on the I whiteboard. Saw the field yes, goal sign right there. Um, yes. So if if you look me up on the Facebook, I, I will be announcing uh, as as the thing actually makes its way off the presses and into the market. Very very cool. And uh, what do you have any speaking engagements coming up? Is there anywhere uh, people can uh, see you? Or are you? Will you be the guest speaker at, like, I don't know, Pittsburgh Council Number 6 or anywhere? So as it happens, I'm going to be in uh, out in Arizona, and I'm going to be uh, visiting and speaking at Wayfarer's Lodge uh, in the Phoenix area on Tuesday, April 12th. Awesome. So if any of our listeners are, and we know we have listeners out there, there we do. Uh, make sure you get out there and say hello to Austin. So, again, Austin, thanks for being on the show tonight, and uh, best of luck with your release of your book, and we can't wait to uh, hear how that goes. 
gosh, listen, thank you guys so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'll be looking forward to the uh, this episode and many more. Awesome. Thank awesome. you, Austin. Thank you, Austin. Good to have you with us. We'll be right back. Thank you. Take care. In Masonic news today, in a recent statement, the Grand Lodge of Ukraine has announced... Our thoughts are with our brothers in Ukraine. That's the Masonic News. So motivated. So we hope that got out to our listeners, but uh, we know that uh, it may have been blocked by. Uh, no, I, I mean we 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 cope at we us us guys here around this table. We cope with stuff through fun and and trying to get through it and over it and around it with humor and uh what's happening in the world today is not humorous we we understand that but uh that's just who we are yeah i mean um there's so many political things out of my comprehension that led up to this but the sheer fact is that the people that are in the country getting bombed are victims. They are the victims. That's true. And uh, our you know, prayers are with them, and, and yep. we wish them safety. All right. So, Tim, what do you got going on? So, actually, things have kind of settled down now uh, that we have reached the um, what I call the suspension point um, <laughs> in Freemasonry. What an uh, interesting phrase. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, uh, the training schedule has settled down. I know that there will be some additional uh, Grandview uh, Secretary and Treasurer training when the uh, audit system comes up online here shortly. I know we've been saying that for like three months. But um, really, I don't have a whole lot going on the next two weeks. The Academy of Masonic Knowledge is occurring at um, Elizabethtown on the 19th. I'll be there. Um, You can be there in person or you can sign up online. Uh, to be part of that virtual audience. Uh, I'm actually going to miss the Valley of Harrisburg's uh, Lodge of Perfection stated meeting uh, because of my daughter's 16th birthday. Aww. is happening. And I cannot believe that she is 16 years old. Aww. Um, did you buy her a car? <clears throat> I did. Oh, you ah. sucker. <laughs> I did, too. I did. Um, 16, picked it up today. And... Uh, so anyway, happy birthday, Olivia. Happy birthday, Very Olivia. Cool. Happy birthday, Olivia. We'll pick on your dad Olivia. after the show. Olivia. Larry, what are you going to be up to? Uh, Warbling. Uh, Warbling, yes. His new career. Uh, uh, Goose and Gridiron tomorrow. A tall Cedars in two weeks. I don't know if we have a show. Yeah, Tall Cedars first, then the show. So that's that's pretty much it. Alrighty then. Pete? Um, so we talked about Brother Chris Gibson. I'll be with him on Sunday evening up in Hershey. We're going to see Britt Floyd. Oh, nice. Tickets are available, Jack. Oh, no. When is this? Sunday night, Britt this Floyd, 8 p.m. in Hershey. Uh, my kid's my kid's going to be in town. I can't do it. Your son might want to pregame and go to the Britt Floyd. Well, Just saying. You won't go there. Um, let's see. On Tuesday... Larry and I are having lunch with uh, Glenn Knight, who is our junior deputy Grand Hall Cedar. 
to try and help him plan his year. And Wednesday. <laughs> and then Wednesday, I'm, I am I think I just reminded Larry that he was supposed to be there. <laughs> the look on his face was priceless. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> um, Wednesday the 16th, I'm actually going to be making a grand reappearance at uh, Goodwin Council. And I will be filling in as a principal conductor of work. And then the puppies get adopted that next weekend. I am going to sleep for two weeks. And then I'm going to go on a cruise, and you're not going to see much of me anymore. (laughs) All right, Josh, how about you? Uh, Well, of course, I'm going to be mixing this episode of the podcast, which you just listened to. And... (laughs) just did for which we are immensely grateful we are greatly so before we cut those chickens loose you know for the first time in probably i don't know a year and a half um we'll give you a preview of uh what's coming we've actually got some guests scheduled uh that you might find quite interesting imagine that we have a schedule we have a schedule our next episode uh will be uh brother mike uh o'donnell is that correct from uh the zimbo wine and spirits club um, something like Zimbo that. Water Spirit. Water Spirits. Okay. Well, something like that. Uh, followed by Brother Tommy Long Jr., uh, who's a Prince Hall Mason, and he will be with us at our first April episode. And then in our a second, special guest. A special guest. A very guest. special Masonic. Very special, special guest. At our second like April sauce. episode, we'll be Right Worshipful Past Grand Master Thomas Gammon IV. Well, I guess it's not a secret We're now. We're looking forward to that. Um, and then we're going to do our uh, Sixth Sense episode at our first episode in May. Um, yeah, I kind of had the idea. I had the idea that we should talk to brothers that have interesting, interesting careers. careers. Mm-hmm. We've talked to police officers. We've talked to paramedics. We talked to my buddy that was a, a golf pro. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're going to talk to a funeral director. Yeah, who truly sees dead people. Correct. Right. Yes, they and, are. <laughs> And I don't know how much is going to make it to the air. Maybe we'll have to have an unedited episode because I'm going to ask Nathan a lot of questions. And so that might be a special um, that, that doesn't have the, a show that doesn't have the name Masonic in it that we can release it and not get in trouble. That, that's a vein of our show that we haven't really re- reached out to recently. Now, now here's the thing. Interesting <clears throat> careers. Between my junior and senior year in high school, I worked for an undertaker. And I did a lot of stuff. And it was fun. That explains I a thought lot. About, yeah, yeah, I thought about yeah. actually going to Undertaker School in Philadelphia, Eccles School of Mortuary Science, but I didn't do it. So anyway, you, you many, sold shirts but instead. I, but I made good money. <laughs> so anyway, lots of great episodes coming your way here on the Masonic Light Podcast. Uh, again, thank you all for uh, listening. And I think we're ready to cue the chickens and uh, let Larry take us home. <laughs> Hey, uh, thank you to Effort Lodge 665 for making this beautiful studio available. Thanks to uh, Josh Lamberton, our producer director, who always always makes the show really great. Because if you were here when we were doing it, you'd say there's no way. No way, buddy. He he does a great job. Also, thanks to uh, Jack Harley, our news director, Tim Dedman our marketing director, and Michelle Snyder and Doug Maddenford, our contributors to Masonic Light Podcast. 
And this is Larry saying thanks for listening. And thank you, patrons, for helping to make this show as good as it gets. Good night, everybody. Night, everybody. Bye, everybody. A special thanks goes out to our master producers, Brother Sean Williams, Josh Slaughter, Michael O'Donovan, George Reppert. George Reppert a second time. Maybe we should tell him about that. (laughs) The Bow Tiger, Marion Humphreys III, Albert Smith, David Wright, Jared Kitchline, Timothy Maine, Freddie LeBron, a second time. Maybe we should tell him about that. Mark Mattern, B. Ross. I wonder if that's Betsy Ross. Skylar Clark, Jim Stevens, Tim Dedman, and Dan Madrigal. Thank you very much.